I'm Gino Parati, and I'm an expert in the field of interpersonal communication, which means that I study human behavior in the context of relationships. I'm a published author on the subjects of culture, gender, nonverbal communication, and soft skills. I'm also a self-identified empath and apparently an INFJ if you're into the Myers-Briggs stuff. Having lectured at some of the largest and most prestigious universities and colleges in the United States, I've seen firsthand how powerful communication can be in transforming our mindsets, our perspectives, our relationships, and ultimately the way that we experience our lives. So that's why I've created this podcast, to help us expand our social and emotional intelligence, which can lead to more effective communication and better relationships, both with others and with ourselves. In this episode of the Right Brain Journeys podcast, we are exploring expectations versus reality. The expectations that we have for our professional lives after graduating from college versus the reality we often experience when beginning our careers. We'll hear how we can close the gap between expectations and reality by reconciling the narrative. This gap can be challenging. It often doesn't feel good, and many of us struggle to, what I call, reconcile the narrative, meaning that we accept current reality, update our expectations, and set new goals in line with reality, all without giving up hope. What makes this gap challenging? I have a couple of theories that we study in my field of interpersonal communication to explain this. After hearing about these theories, we'll share several real-life stories from people who have learned to reconcile the narrative. I posted on social media that I was going to be recording a podcast on this topic and invited people to share their perspectives about how they've closed the gap between expectations and reality. Throughout this episode, you will hear their stories. Some of the featured guests invite you to connect with them if you'd like, and we've put their social media or email information in the show notes for this episode. Let's begin with the theory. Cognitive dissonance is the discomfort that we feel when our thoughts and actions are in conflict. If we're going to work having certain expectations, and then our actions don't result in outcomes that we expect, then that would create cognitive dissonance. But we aren't comfortable with being uncomfortable. We humans are motivated to make ourselves comfortable by aligning our thoughts and our actions to reduce or eliminate cognitive dissonance. When we're out of alignment, we either have to change what we think so that it matches up with our actions or change our actions to align with our thoughts. The goal of this episode is to share stories with you to help inform how you think about your professional journey so that your expectations better align with your reality. Then you won't be experiencing cognitive dissonance. Next is the idea of the danger of a single story. In this outstanding TED Talk, Nigerian author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie says in this quote that I'm paraphrasing from the TED website, Our lives, our cultures, are composed of many overlapping stories. And if we hear only a single story, we risk a critical misunderstanding. The link to this TED Talk is in the show notes. I share this with you to underscore the importance of hearing more than one perspective, which is the point of this episode, to help you gain a better understanding through multiple stories. Let's transition to our first guest. This is Gia. Gia took my public speaking course at University of Central Florida several years ago. She is now a presenter, podcaster, and producer. 
Hi, I'm Gia, and I graduated from college in summer 2018, and I started working in the journalism field pretty much three weeks after. The experience was out of the movie The Devil Wears Prada. I was in beautiful downtown Manhattan interviewing an actor and director I admired and covering stories of inspiring women around the country. My story was number one on the website for about two weeks, and honestly, it felt too good to be true. But the more I was there, it wasn't cutthroat as I expected in New York. It was just catty, and there was no journalistic integrity. Stories were clickbait or bust, even if the headlines and leads were misleading. And all of a sudden, my story stopped, and I was transcribing videos, which is fine. But I felt like I had no feedback to get demoted. If I did something wrong, I wanted to know how I could improve. And it made me feel pushed to the back burner by my supervisor, and there was no way of moving up. In the end, I decided to create my own projects and do it by my merit. Based on this experience, I say give people the benefit of the doubt at first and schedule meetings to discuss how you feel you've been treated and how you can move forward. Give them a chance to heal the wound. If nothing improves, look for other options. This is Selena. Selena is a Baruch College student working towards her MBA. Hi, my name is Selena and I graduated from Baruch College in 2015 with a degree in corporate communications. My first job was doing market research with quantitative data. I expected it to be creative, sharing ideas and finding ways to improve companies. But it wasn't that. It turned out to be looking at spreadsheets for seven hours a day. I felt lost, trapped, and like I had made a huge mistake in my career. My advice is that the first job probably isn't going to be the best one, but take every experience as an opportunity to learn about what you really like and what you really don't like. Those first-hand experiences are the only things that will help guide you and show you what you want out of a career. It's a journey, and the destination often changes with the experiences we have. Stay positive through the hardships, and I promise you that you will find your way eventually. Here is the concept of narratives of the self from the research team of Gergen and Gergen. We humans are storytellers. We make sense of life through the telling and living of narratives. These narratives are the fabric of social life. They tell us who we think we should be, what actions we should take, and how we should feel about our lives. I'm going to make a big statement here, but in many ways, the narratives that we tell are our lives. Tell a different story, live a different narrative, end up with a different life. Those of us who are marginalized in society probably already get this, even if you haven't had the language to explain it before. Gergen and Gergen found that societies tend to follow one of these three narrative forms, progressive, stability, and regressive narratives. The progressive narrative says that life is on an upward trajectory. It keeps getting better. Historically, this has been the USA in alliance with our optimism. It's the idea that the sun will come out tomorrow. The stability narrative says that life doesn't really change. Basically, we start as dust, and in the end, that's what we become again. It stays the same. And the regressive narrative is, of course, saying that as time moves on, things aren't as good as they once were. Why is this social narrative form important? Remember the big statement I made. The narratives that we tell are our lives. Tell a different story, live a different narrative, end up with a different life. So, if you grew up in a progressive narrative, like many of us in the USA, that becomes our expectation for life, that things keep getting better and better. 
And when our reality turns out another way, it seems to be getting worse, it can trigger that cognitive dissonance and leave us feeling badly. In order to feel better, we may have to reconcile the narrative. This is Jessica. Jessica is one of my very first students from University of Central Florida. I've known Jessica for more than a decade, and I've watched her grow from a student to a kick-ass branding expert and entrepreneur. The first professional field I started working in after I graduated was actually restaurants. It had been where I was working during college, and I continued in that field for quite some time. Um, it has nothing to do with my degree whatsoever, <laughs> but I would later find out that my background working in restaurants was and has been a huge catalyst for what has made me a really great marketer and communicator and, and leader dealing with people in different types of diverse teams. One thing that I expected from my professional experience early on is I really thought that I would find a lot of mentors along the way. And for whatever reason, I just didn't. I thought that um, people would be um, very accepting and um, helpful. It was different than my expectation. And one of the biggest things that was hard to swallow is that I thought that just by being good at what I did would be enough to um, spark promotion and have leadership opportunities, but that's not the case. So one reasonable expectation that I would give to a recent graduate is to be fluid, to be open, to be malleable, um, to seek out individuals who really seem to have your best interest at heart, um, while also just staying really true to your identity and who you are and what you want and expect out of life. This is Caitlin. Caitlin is a seasoned professional and a former classmate from my master's program. She is now a professional coach. I graduated with a master's degree in interpersonal communication in 2007. After college, I accepted an HR manager job for a small family-owned retail company. I was extremely excited as it's really important to me to support people in the workplace. We spend more time at work than we do with our loved ones. I definitely had a chance to do that, but I also realized it was a lot more paperwork than I expected. My goal out of college was to make $100,000 within five years in the HR field. In reality, it took me 10 years to reach this goal. A large contributing factor to this is that I didn't take into consideration how I would want to balance my life priorities. Once I became a mother, I realized there is more to life than working my perspective changed. After having my first daughter, the pressure of working was taking a toll. I had a 45 minute commute and I only saw my daughter with enough time to give her a bath and put her to bed at night. I was missing out on her life. I made the decision to quit when she was nine months old. This was in 2008 when the recession was taking place and unfortunately the retail business was struggling and my last two weeks included letting go 22 people, including myself. I was a stay-at-home mom for six months when I realized I wanted more. I wanted to financially contribute to the family and I actually missed working. I just wanted to focus on something that fueled me more than exhausted me. And I needed to establish clear boundaries so I could be fully present in both work and at home. This is when I realized I wanted to be in the learning and development field. I landed a part-time job teaching public speaking at a local university, and I was in heaven. This allowed me to balance my priorities, personal and professional. 
but I was far away from achieving that $100,000 goal. Fast forward to 2011, and a previous manager that I worked for reached out to me on LinkedIn, asking if I wanted to work for her, remotely, and for a company that I loved. It was just what I wanted, an opportunity to balance having a job and being a mother in the learning and development field. Don't get me wrong, it still is challenging to balance, but I've learned how I best operate and I've figured out how to maximize my opportunity. I've been working remotely for 10 years and I've achieved my $100,000 goal and then the pandemic of 2020 hit and my job was eliminated. I recently spent eight months unemployed and within that time, I decided to launch my own personal development consulting business. While I built this business, I also accepted a part-time job, which I consider a bridge job, a job that'll help me get from where I am to where I want to be. Based on my experience, I've learned three crucial lessons. First, identifying your personal priorities are key to your success and happiness. It allows you to create boundaries with your personal and professional life. Second, go after what you want in life. Find something that you enjoy to do because you spend a large part of your life doing that. And third, learn to think outside the box. There are more than one way to achieve your personal and professional goals. And sometimes that means going into business for yourself. The final idea is social comparison theory. Social comparison theory says that we assess our own opinions and abilities by comparing ourselves to others especially similar others, people that we think are like us. And when we surround ourselves with similar others, we are likely to all be telling that same narrative. That's part of what is making us similar to one another. So the more that people tell the same narrative, the more we reinforce it, the stronger it gets, and the more it feels like the reality of life. This supports the idea of the danger of a single story. If there is only one, then that one gets told over and over and over again, reinforced endlessly, creating our lives. This is Alvaro. Alvaro is a former student from University of Central Florida, and we've been talking about his professional journey for several years. Hi, my name is Alvaro. I graduated from college in 2015. Um, leading up to and post-graduation, I was interning in social media and copywriting, but my first real job was in volunteer recruitment. My professional experience has been a bit unique since my internships unfortunately didn't provide me with all the skills I expected to get or experience that would make me a viable candidate to jump into a job that aligned with my career. I also expected to fall in love with my first job and to have the opportunity to learn more regarding my career through it while making a decent income. The reality was that a lot of the jobs aligned with my career involved a lot more than what was taught to me, so I was always a subpar candidate. So I had to merge into an area where I had experience but it wasn't really aligned with my studies or my career. The reality what that I didn't anticipate was really coming to terms of not equating my worth to my job. And finally, here's my story. I'm Gino. I've worked across a variety of industries, athletic coaching and sports management, real estate management and resident retention, banking, academia, and learning and development. I could tell you a million stories about my professional journey, 
but I've decided to go back to my very first job post-graduation when I was 21 years old. I graduated in the year 2000 with my undergraduate degree in business management and in 2008 with my master's degree in interpersonal communication. I landed my first professional job in summer 2000 as a gymnastics coach at an Olympic training center. I loved the sport of gymnastics. Still do, actually. I had idolized the Olympic athletes that I watched on TV, and I was a self-taught gymnast. So prior to my job as a coach, I hadn't spent much time in an actual gym, once or twice a week at most. I was expecting the experience to be more glamorous, like you see on TV. Winning medals, the media doing stories and profiles, that kind of stuff. The reality of the job wasn't what I was expecting. There was some glamour, but I'd say it was more like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time in the gym isn't glamorous. It's a lot of hard work. Long hours, exhaustion, injuries, politics, and attitudes. And the gym is chalky and stinky like sweat and feet. It's gross. The other 20% is a lot of fun. Helping an athlete learn new skills and watching them hit a routine that you've practiced together over and over again, it's really exciting. And when you're doing well, the media does show up. That's fun. The difference between my expectation as a coach versus the reality made me feel like I had made a big mistake. It made me feel lost and confused for several months. I thought I had figured out my professional life and by the young age of 21 found what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. The disillusionment had me guessing and searching for the next move. So I want to let you know that the guessing and the searching, these are reasonable expectations for a recent graduate or young professional. As we evolve as individuals, it's reasonable to imagine that we'll also evolve as professionals. Don't be hard on yourself. Feeling lost and confused isn't a sign of a mistake or failure. I think it's just telling us that we're in the process of figuring things out. I've worked with thousands of college students and young professionals over the past 20 years. People from all over the world. I've heard many different stories. Bringing the focus back to our professional life, here is what I want you to know. You're not alone in what you are experiencing at the beginning of your career. Our expectations usually don't completely align with our reality. And many of us are trying to work through this, figure things out, and reconcile the narrative. Those of us who are older and more experienced understand this because we've learned it by living it. We have been through similar things when we were starting out. Here's what I want you to take away from this episode. The expectations that we have for our professional lives after graduating from college usually don't completely align with our reality when beginning our careers. And many of us are trying to work through this, to figure things out, to close the gap between expectation and reality by reconciling the narrative. Reconciling the narrative means that we accept current reality, update our expectations, set new goals in line with reality, and remain hopeful. Reconciling the narrative is a process, and these theories and concepts help us to better understand it. Cognitive dissonance, the danger of the single story, narratives of the self, meaning progressive stability and regressive social narratives, and social comparison theory. There is power in a plurality of stories. We heard from featured guests about how they have reconciled the professional narrative. 
Knowing different perspectives on this topic can help us avoid the danger of a single story. And finally, you can connect with our featured guests. You'll find their social media or email in the show notes for this episode. You are not alone in what you are experiencing at the beginning of your career. Many of us, at some point, will need to reconcile the narrative in order to bring our expectations and our reality into alignment. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Right Brain Journeys podcast. We release episodes on the 15th of every month. Tune in next month for conversations about code switching in the workplace. See you on March 15th. 